Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus both possess the qualities we're looking for in our team. Tough, gritty, smart, opportunistic winners. It was an easy decision for me. What am I about and what's my philosophy? We're going to build through the draft. We're going to acquire young, fast, and physical football players. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. Now, here's Kevin Powell. Episode 32 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh, Coming up on this episode, it's Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. Does a great job covering the Bears in the NFL. So, we get into Justin Fields, offseason moves by Ryan Poles. Kind of a quiet offseason for the Bears so far. And I know it's, uh, you know, you want big news. You want uh, teams to make a big splash in the offseason. But I think Ryan Poles is is being smart so far. I know he's got a lot of money coming off the books next offseason. So he did acquire those two picks for Khalil Mack. Um, and we'll see what he decides to do in the second round. I don't see him moving up into the first round. I think the quantity of draft picks right now is important to him. And I think they can find some really good value in the second round this year. But let's get more into the Bears, Ryan Poles, the offseason, even a little bit of Mitch Trubisky talk with Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. Now joining me on the podcast is Kevin Fishbane. He covers the Bears in the NFL for The Athletic, does a great job doing it. Follow him on Twitter at KFishbane. Kevin, I appreciate you jumping on. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's an all-Kevin episode of the podcast. If you had to rank the best Kevins of all time, your top five Kevins, what would that look like? Oh, man. Well, you know, I've always thought, uh, as as a 90s kid, right, Kevin Costner was such a big part Mm -hmm. of your life, you know, if you're watching sports movies and and whatnot. (laughs) You know, so you're thinking about him, you're looking at, you know, in the sports world, like Kevin McHale was always that guy when you looked up famous Kevin. Yeah. Um, Kevin Butler. Man, it was Yes, you do have that. Wasn't the, um, in the movie Up, I feel like the uh, one of the animals was named Kevin. Oh, that's right. The dog's so, name was Kevin, which isn't very much, yeah. isn't uh, a really, a, you don't think Kevin and dog name. Um, although I think no. Anthony Rizzo's dog's name is Kevin. It is. And that's (laughs) one of the reasons I'm kind of bummed he's not in a company. (laughs) It is kind of a bummer. Kevin McAllister, Kevin Bacon, also a couple of great Kevins as well. But Kevin Fishbane, currently number one in my Kevin Power Rankings. Um, Let's get to the Bears stuff. Sort of a, uh, I guess, quiet offseason. Are you you surprised at the way? I mean, I know Ogunjobi was supposed to be their big signing. That that didn't uh, end up working out due to a failed physical. What, What was the story there? In what was it the foot injury that prevented that from going through? Do we know exactly the details of like what he failed in the physical? We don't, and it's one of those things where, and and you know this, Kev, we might never know, right? Like, you know, it, it just kind of depends on. You see, the Bears wanting to be sensitive because if if they put it out there, you know, like Ogan Joby's still looking for a job and looking for a contract. He could come back to the Bears, theoretically. I don't necessarily see that happening. I would imagine it, it, it's related to the foot that he hurt uh, in the playoffs last year and had surgery on. Um, but, yeah, that, that was a really tough way to, for this to start because just based on the timing, 
the money, what Ryan Pohl said about Ogunjobi in their statement. You could tell that like they had kind of built this plan for this year's free agency around Larry Ogunjobi. And for him to fail the physical and for them to obviously not be able to bring in anybody of that caliber for that position, uh, it's a brutal blow. Um, And I think it was always going to be a little bit slow. Um, I think Ryan Pohl's being very patient, targeting younger guys, short-term deals, you know, like prove-it-type contracts. Um, I know Bears fans are are losing patience a little bit, but this is just kind of how this stuff goes. Um, you 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 don't always want to be the Jaguars spending, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on guys and trying to buy yourself into the playoffs. That, that doesn't always work. Um, but this way only works if you draft well. So, you know, I, I'm almost kind of more interested in what, you know, what players are going to be coming in next month to as opposed to the players coming in this past two weeks. Yeah, it's very clear Ryan Poles is being extremely patient here. And you can understand the thought process there. Everything you mentioned with the salary cap, and you don't want to necessarily jump right in and invest all this money into players. I think it's also a fine line, though, where most of us believe Justin Fields is the future here in Chicago and does have all the tools to be a great quarterback. So it's this line where it's like, all right, on one side, you got to start putting stuff around him. You got to have guys protecting him. He has to have targets, and we still have a long way to go here in the offseason. We're not even uh, still a month away from the draft. Um, but it's like, okay, we need to be cautious with investing into certain players, but also being aware that, yeah, we need to build around Justin Fields. You can't just throw him out there like last year behind an offensive line that was really bad, to be honest. So I And, you know, James Daniels goes to Pittsburgh. I think some were surprised by that. I'm not sure what how you feel about it, but, like, I, the past couple of years, this offensive line has been so bad, Kevin, and a shakeup I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. No, I'm with you, and, and and that's probably one of the surprising things of this free agency so far. And as you said, we, we we've still got a lot of time. And if you go look at free agency trackers, you will see a lot of names that you know who are still available. So there's still time. I I thought they would add a bigger name at tackle. You know, even if it's just somebody for a year or two, somebody that you could say, hey, he's going to fortify this group. He's going to help Justin Fields out. He's going to help. You know, Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum and whoever they draft, just having that guy, you know, like a Jason Peters, you know, that they kind of fell into their laps last year. I, and that guy could still be coming at some point. You know, maybe Eric Fisher down the line. Um, I kind of thought that because you, you really want to keep Justin Fields upright this year. But, you know, so much of this season is about his development and the new offense. And if he's running for his life every snap, you're not going to get that. So, you know, I, I, I like the Lucas Patrick move from what I've learned about him. Um, you know, and if he's your starting center, I think you have an upgrade at center. Um, but the rest of the positions, you know, we just don't know. You know, is Tevin Jenkins a tackle? Is he a guard? Is Larry Borum a tackle, a guard? Um, who are they going to draft? So there's a long way to go, but I'm with you. I think it's, it's been really important. And we know it's important to Ryan Pohl, Annie and Cunningham. These are former offensive linemen. They get it. So, you know, that's why this whole Ryan Bates thing going on in Buffalo with signing him to an offer sheet is intriguing um, just because it's obviously someone they've, they've designated as, as uh, somebody could, who could help this group. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen more movement 
um, with the offensive line at this point. What did you make of the Khalil Mack trade? I think all of us can understand the thought process there and the salary cap hit and all of that. I feel, I still think Mack is an elite edge rusher when healthy. I mean, he had six sacks over seven games last year before he got hurt. I understand moving the money off the books. Personally, a little underwhelmed with what they got back. Um, the second rounder is great. The sixth rounder, I just like scratched my head when I saw that. I'm like, I hope that wasn't the tipping point for Ryan Poles. I hope he wasn't like, you know what, throw in a sixth rounder next year and then we'll do the deal. Um, I, I get what he's doing with that trade. Um, I'm not by any means necessarily saying I'm, I'm against it, but what what was your reaction to the Mac trade? Were you surprised and the haul that he that Ryan Poles got? Do you do you think he got a fair deal there? Yeah, it's it's interesting, and, and that's one of those things we hope to learn more about next week at the owners' meetings, when, you know, which will be our first time talking to Ryan Poles since the trade. Uh, I, I I wasn't surprised he got traded. Um, you know, that's one of those things, Kev. When when it happened, you're kind of like, whoa. You're kind of like, oh, my God, they actually did it. And then you sit back and you think about it, and you're like, all right, I get it. New GM, you're not going to be a contender this year, most likely. Um, you know, get what you can for him now. I would have liked to have seen that second pick be this year. Um, you know, even if it was a sixth round, I think that would have made a little bit of a difference to have it be a second and six this year as opposed to a six next year. Because when you look at future drafts, it's almost like a seven. Um, when you kind of look at the the way that they they value those picks, um, but getting the two is crucial, and, and so it, it's good that they started there. It's good that the Chargers are taking out on the rest of the contract, um, so the Bears don't have to pay them anything. Um, I, I just I just don't know because like if Max healthy for sixteen games, it wouldn't should stun me if he has fourteen sacks and is in the running for defense player of the year, right? But you just can't count on that after what's gone on with him the last three seasons. And Ryan Poles, I'm sure, understands that. And, you know, Brandon Staley is, you know, hopeful that whatever they get out of Mac is going to be good enough, and it might be. Um, I just don't know if it was worth it for the Bears to take that chance with him. And, and maybe the Chargers weren't willing to give up more for a guy who's had that many injury issues in the past few seasons. He's 31, costs as much as he does, takes up, excuse me, takes up as much as your cap that he does. So there's a lot of tentacles to it. I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to hear. And polls break it down from his perspective, but like at my my first gut reaction was good that you got the two. Like get your two, you get your second round pick, um, and, and and you know anything else would you, you'd like more, but it's still good that they got that second because that's something they really needed for this year's draft. The AFC West, by the way, <laughs> just. Incredible. I mean, they're all loading up. Um, Russell Wilson to Denver, Chargers making these moves. What were your thoughts on the Tyreek Hill move to Miami, that trade? Man, that, you know, it just tells you what's going on in the NFL now. It's crazy. Teams, if they don't want to, you know, get that contract done that, that a player wants, they're just so much more willing to move on and collect the draft capital and replace the guy. And, I mean, this has been a month unlike any other. So, like, it's one of those things where my, my phone buzzed. I, I see the tweet from Schefter and from Ian Rappaport. And you're like, yeah. but then again, you're like, well, you know, nothing that you, you can't be surprised anymore, right? Yeah. It's just it's just been so wild. I, I think that Tyreek Hill, I, I, I've always kind of referred to him as a unicorn, right? There's just nobody like him in this league. But I do think you have to like use him properly, and I'm sure Mike McDaniel is going to have a good plan for him. Um, I just wonder, like you know, me, I'd rather have Devonte Adams 
Um, you know, I think Tyreek Hill is obviously right there. Um, and, you know, it's it's weird deal in, in Miami because they have all this offensive firepower, but who's their quarterback? Like, are you really trusting to uh, right. um, to unlock what Tyreek Hill can give you? I don't know. Um, but from a Bears perspective, here's what I'm thinking about. If Justin Fields is good this year and you feel like you can really compete in 2023, you, 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 there's a blueprint now to go get that number one receiver. I, mean, I know Bears fans obviously are very frustrated that they haven't, you know, really added to that room in a formidable way. But you know, they're not, they weren't going to be involved in those conversations. But you can get involved in those conversations next year, or you know, maybe even during the season if somehow the Bears take off. Um, so it, 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 I think what it, what these trades are doing in the NFL is just opening everything up. In, in, in terms of giving GMs and coaches to be like, hey, if we want the guy, it's possible for us to go get him. You just have to be okay with giving up the draft picks. And I don't think the Bears are there right now. But, hey, if things go well this year, they could be ready, ready to do that uh, next winter. Yeah, and it, go back, it goes back to the whole patience thing with Ryan Poles. I mean, look, Miami has Tyreek Hill. They signed uh, Taron Armstead, the top tackle, who's, I believe, 31-32. So, yeah, they've had a couple of splashy moves. They have a young quarterback in Tua, who personally I'm not huge on. Um, but, like, yeah, okay, if you're a Dolphins fan, you could get excited about these moves. Does anybody think Miami's going to be a contender next year? I mean, I think they're they're probably a – right? Like, so as much as you might want a splashy move, um, I, I don't know. Like, I look at Miami now after these two big moves, and I'm like, yeah, they're still just meh. Like I, I don't, the AFC is absolutely loaded. I don't see the Dolphins doing much. I'm not a huge Tua believer. So, I, I guess from the Bears' perspective, it's like, yeah, it'd be more fun offseason if we had big move, big moves like that. But I, I look at those moves by Miami, and it doesn't doesn't do a whole lot for me. I'm like, I don't think the Dolphins are going to be that much better because of the addition of those two players who are both very good. But it comes, you know, if, if Tua doesn't turn out, they're they're not a contender. Yeah, it's that, you know, that, that age old, you know, how much can the wide receiver help the quarterback, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we always talk about quarterbacks making receivers better. You know, if these guys are getting open all the time, does that make Tua look a lot better? Or if it's Teddy Bridgewater. But I just don't know if those guys can get the ball to those players <laughs> in a way that really, you know, allows them to hit their full potential. And you look at the AFC, as you said, I mean, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, uh, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, Matt Ryan's in there now. Uh, you look at the Derek Carr, Devonta Adams pairing, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. Like, like how, how is the Dolphins? I mean, this, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the way the Dolphins can compete because they just don't, because their guys don't match up with any of those quarterbacks I just mentioned. So they need the receivers to do it. Shoot. I'd argue that you need to build yourself like 2018 Bears if you want to compete with those teams, right? You know, yeah. become a become a run first team um, and, and a great defense is going to take the ball away because you're just not. It's just hard for me to see either of those quarterbacks going shot for shot with any of those guys. I mean, I saw somebody put this out there that that Bills Chiefs playoff game has really you know jolted the way GMs and coaches are looking at this league. Uh, you know, it's like that's the NFL. Like those, that was the best of the best. And you know, could we? How would we fare in a game like that? Well, if I'm looking at Miami, yeah, they have the receivers. But I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about Tua going. You know, score for score with Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes um, or Russell Wilson or Justin Herbert or Derek Carr. You know, again, it goes on and on and on. So it, it's yeah. I, I'm not ready to get 
I'm certainly intrigued by Miami's going to look like, and, and and I think Mike Daniels, Mike McDaniel's obviously an incredible offensive mind. So you, you imagine he's got a good plan, um, but I, I still need to see more from that quarterback to feel good about what they can do with those receivers. You mentioned the 28 Bears, and going back to what we were talking about with Khalil Mack, it is sort of, um, I guess as the fan perspective, almost like a bit depressing being like, wow, that year was so special, and it felt like the start of something. It felt like a whole new chapter for the Chicago Bears. It was like, all right, this is the best defense in the NFL. Ryan Pace pulled off a trade for Khalil Mack. This team is amazing. They have a young quarterback in Trubisky. Maybe he can turn into something. It felt like that year was going to be the one that finally moved the Bears into a perennial contender. And it's almost like the Mack trade uh, to the Chargers kind of you know, completely bookended that, I guess, very short era of the Chicago Bears. And I, I think... Like part of that emotion sets in when you're like, wow, when they got Mac, it was like, this is different. Like, this is a team that's going to be elite, and maybe the offense will finally figure it out with Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky. And then it's like, no, like that window closed so quickly. It was like a two year window, and that was it. Yeah, it's, I mean, again, it goes back to the quarterback, right? Like, you know, they, they, they had the defense, you know, they had a quarterback that got them some of the way there. And they were banking on the fact that that quarterback could then take that step and take them all the way there. And, you know, not really, you know, I'm sure they knew the defense was, never, was not going to do that again, but they thought it'd be good enough. So, yeah, you know, it, it, and you look back at that team, and I remember thinking, like, wow, all these guys had career years. So many of them were so young at that point, you thought there was more, right? There hasn't been more from Eddie Jackson. There wasn't that more necessarily from Eddie Goldman, although he was pretty good in 2019. There wasn't more from Danny Trevathan at that point in his career. Um, you know, Kyle Fuller was, was solid. Right. Prince Samuel Kamara ends up getting cut, obviously, after 2019, and he dealt, dealt with injuries. Um, they just, you know, Adrian Amos parlayed that, you know, props to him and going to Green Bay, and the Bears, Hockland Dix was fine, but Amos is a better player. So you go down the list, you know, and we talk about Khalil Mack. He wasn't the same after that year. He was never able to do um, to, to, to line up. Akeem Hicks had to battle all these injuries after that season. So all those things compounded, and then you added the fact the offense was just a mess. Um, and and then you know they saw that glimpse, Kevin. They saw that like opening, and they just started spending money and, and trading up in drafts and. And it just did not work. And, and that 2018 team became, I mean, it's not as bad as the 20, 2001 fluke, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're not talking, you know, first to last to fire, you know, for a fire coach. It was first to middle of the road, middle of the road, bad, then fire coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to look back at that year, especially now that, as you said, most of those guys are gone as like a total, like, it was this one magical season. And it didn't even win a playoff game. Uh, and I think it's a reminder to everybody who, you know, the, the new guys now and everybody who comes next that you got to get the quarterback right. You have to figure out to get the quarterback right. And you got to be careful about giving out some of these big time contract extensions to guys who are coming off career years. Yeah, you want to re- reward your own. Um, but, you know, Ryan Pulse talks about making sure guys stay motivated. I, it, it's funny, too, because I take the other side of it. I want the players to get as much money as they can. Right, like I'm all for that, but from a team perspective, you can see why teams want to be careful because they don't want to create what the, what the Bears ultimately created. Yeah, I mean, as you said, like we all know this, it comes down to the quarterback position, and I feel really good about Justin Fields 
because I think his upside is is very high. I think he has all the talent you could want in a modern day NFL quarterback. What what are your thoughts on Fields from what you saw last year? Which I mean, if you look at the stat sheet, nobody's going to be blown away. But if you if anyone who watched closely, obviously you did. It's there are certain things about Justin Fields that stand out. Yeah, there. I mean, look, he's got the physical abilities, as you said. It's all there. Um, it, it's just you know understanding defenses and being able to, uh, you know, pick defenses apart, not be rattled by coverages, all those things. Like, that, that's a weird, unique skill in the NFL. And sometimes it's hard for guys, if they don't have it right away, to show it, to learn it. Um, I, I, put, I take so much of a grain of salt in what happened last year when you consider everything that went wrong around him. But you also can't fully ignore he put up some of the worst numbers ever for a rookie quarterback. So it, 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 that's what the Bears have to figure out right now, right, is, is how do they, you know, what needs to be fixed um, within his game and, and, and how can they get the most out of him? Because obviously last year's group could not. I'll say this about Fields, and I'm, I'm always careful about making Mitch Trubisky comparisons. Um, but obviously it's a little easy because there, there are some similarities there. Justin Fields had more wow plays last year than Mitch Trubisky did in his rookie year. 100%. Mitch Trubisky was better as a rookie. How long did you look back and you're like, wow, Dow actually ran a pretty good offense that fit Mitch Trubisky. But there weren't, there weren't that many like, oh my God, this is the guy. And Justin Fields, he didn't have a ton of them. But he had enough that makes you think, okay, you know, now what? And, and, and trying to create the right scheme that fits him best, get the right players around him. Um, I mean, this is a huge year for him. It's a huge year for the franchise because they need to know at the end of the season if he is the guy. Because you just you can't be one of those teams that gets stuck with a quarterback who's not it. you got to figure it out at the end of this year. And, and, and they could go 6-11 and and 7-10 and and know he is the guy. And then you make that next step. And we've, we saw what the, we've seen with the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Um, but you got he's got to put together a full season, a consistent season that, that you sit back there you know, next January and like, okay, the Bears have it. They have their guy. I'm not ready to say that right now. I think they have a guy who has all the qualities that he could be the guy, but I'm not ready to say right now that, that, that he's 100% going to be the long-term, you know, the savior that they've been looking for because, um, again, last year was just such a mess. So what can you do this year? New offense. He's the guy. Doesn't worry about the Andy Dalton stuff. Um, you know, again, I mean, that's, that's what this year is all about, uh, which puts a lot of pressure on him on, on the team, but that they have to figure out how to do it because they got to get the quarterback right. I wouldn't be all that surprised if Mitch Trubisky starts for the Steelers this upcoming year and they're good enough to get in the playoffs because it's the Steelers and they're pretty much always good. And, you know, Ben Roethlisberger was horrible last year and they still got in. So it's an organization that has sustained, sustained success and I think Mike Tomlin will find a way to build around Mitch Trubisky and do something that fits him. The, the one thing that that stood out to me, um, Mitch Trubisky could never throw the deep ball with the Bears. I, I can't even just top like I can't think of one downfield pass Mitch Trubisky connected with a receiver in stride in his entire time in Chicago. I'm sure there was one or two, but I, I can't even think of it. He struggles to throw the ball down the field. You have to be able to do that if you're an NFL quarterback, if you're a star NFL quarterback. Justin Fields seems to have that ability, Kevin, that he can get the ball down the field, has a big arm, and can make big plays. Yeah, and, and that was one of the things that Matt Nagy loved about him. 
And, and we saw it at Ohio State. You saw it at his pro day. Uh, you look back to that Detroit game last year. That was probably the best example of him being able to do that. Uh, like there was, you know, the, all the stats you looked at. You know, he was like tops in the leagues in, in air yards per attempt, and and Darnell Mooney was, you know, had more twenty yard catches than he would had. So all those numbers were high. Um, so it's there. You know, the funny thing about Mitch Trubisky is when he got here. One of the things they liked about him was his ability to throw the deep ball, and he looked really good doing it when paired up with Mike Glenn. Um, and then, yeah, as you said, you know, there were just, if you go back to the 2019 season, there were multiple times that somebody was wide open down the field and he just missed them. And, and if you're going to be great, you have to hit those more often than not, and Trubisky just wasn't able to do it. Um, you know, Fields, that's something that they've got to unlock, right? You know, Byron Pringle brings a little speed this group, you know, finding different ways to get Darnell Mooney open down the field. Even those 20-yard seam throws to Cole Komet, like we saw him late in the Pittsburgh game, um, finding ways to, to have him do that. So, it, it, you know, this game is, is so quarterback-oriented, and if you have the guy that can complete those 20, 30, 40-yard passes um, better than other players, it stresses the defense, it opens things up for you. And it just changes the game and feels it's a rare skill of his. Um, it's just going to be about making sure those guys are open, making sure he has enough time, making sure he's accurate, and then also making sure, again, it goes back to kind of what I was saying earlier, making sure he's reading the defense correctly. Because you know the defense are going to continue to try to confuse him with, 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 you know, with the way their coverage is and making sure that he's able to get past that and, and take advantage of that skill of his. And before I let you go, the draft's still about a month away or so, but it is – the good news is it sounds like there's a, a a large amount of quality receivers in this draft. That's obviously something Ryan Poles will be targeting. Um, any names we should be keeping an eye on over the next few weeks here? Any names you think the Bears should very much be targeting in this year's draft? Yeah, as you said, it, 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 there should be some good options for them. I, I don't think Chris Olave is going to get there. Um, it'd be great for the Bears, you would think, if he did. Um, although then you'd have to ask yourself, well, why did he trap all the way to the second round? Do so you have that back and forth? But you know, you look at George Pickens out of Georgia, uh, missed most last year coming off the ACL, but but he's got that downfield speed, he's a big body. Uh, Sky Moore out of Central Michigan, Jalen Tolbert out of uh, South Alabama, a couple other guys in that kind of top fifty range. Uh, David Bell from Purdue. If you're a Big Ten person, like I, I mean, I watched a lot of him in college. I, I was incredibly impressed by the way he goes and wins 50-50 balls, um, has a little bit of Allen Robinson to him. I don't know if they, you know, maybe they want someone more explosive. Um, you know, Christian, Christian Watson from North Dakota State, does he get out of the first round? He had a great combine, good size, coming from an FCS school, so you have to kind of analyze that. But, yeah, there, there are going to be a lot of options. Uh, Jahan Dodson from Penn State, go on and on. Um, so the Bear, like, I, I would, you know, you never want to say I'd be surprised when it comes to the draft. Is anything going to happen? But like, it would be surprising at this point if they don't take a wide receiver in the second round. You really have to be scratching your head, like, what is your plan here? Because you really, you know, that, that if you're, unless you're taking the big swing for Devonta Adams, Tyreek Hill, your best chance to find a potential number one receiver um, is the draft. Like, none of those guys available in free agency really fit the bill. Um, you got to hit on the, you got to hit in the draft on that receiver. Uh, and look, look, Adams was a second round pick. We know Tyreek Hill's a fifth round pick. Al Robinson was a second round pick. Darno Moody was got, had him the fifth. You can find them later on. Um, so I, I, I think that there's going to be some good options there 
for the Bears at either of their second-round picks at that position. I'm a George Pickens guy. I'm glad you mentioned him. Yeah. I get it. I get all into the mock drafts this time of year, Kevin. I'm like, George Pickens is the guy. I think he would fit perfectly uh, with Justin Fields. All right, last question. Uh, Final four, who you got? How's the bracket looking? Uh, well, um, which bracket, right? You know, gotta, you know, <laughs> the, the, you gotta, you gotta spread them out, and, and, and you know, I, look, I will say this: I, I had a bracket with Purdue over Houston, so that bracket's obviously still alive. But mm-hmm. I don't really feel good watching Purdue in that game against Texas about their ability to uh, go go the distance. What a great slate of games tonight, though! Yeah, holy smokes! Um, I, I think Arizona Houston's gonna be fantastic. Uh, I love what those bigs do at Gonzaga. Um, so, you know, let's say, let's say Gonzaga, Houston. I, I want to say Purdue selfishly, but I feel like UCLA is probably better rounded. Um, and everyone's forgetting about Kansas, right? It's like, yeah. is Kansas still in this thing? Um, I think Providence gives them a good fight, but I, I feel like Kansas is going to is far and away the best team in that region. So those picks, though, are obviously selfish to what you know helps me out the most, which is what what's most important. <laughs> right. um, but but I, I think I think tonight tonight should should hopefully be a lot of really close games. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but Northwestern was not in the tournament this year. They missed it again. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks for that. Hey, I'm a you North I'm a Northwestern you know guy. We're the home of the Wildcats. I'm all about the Cats, but. Man, it was a frustrating year. Softball, <laughs> women's lacrosse season. That's that's where that's where my cats. Uh, uh, that, that, that's where we dominate. So that's where my focus is. There we go. Go cats. He's Kevin Fishbane. Be sure to follow him on Twitter. Read his stuff at the Athletic. Does a great job covering the Bears in the NFL. Kevin, thanks for thanks for jumping on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it. Episode 32 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thank you to Ernie Scadden and Brian Alzheimer for their help producing the podcast. Thanks to Kevin Fishbane. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you tuning in. We'll have more uh, podcast content coming up as we uh, inch closer to the draft. Thanks again for tuning in. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast. <laughs>